Welcome to our social landscape. I'm J.R. Woodward, and I'm joined by Welsh singer-songwriter Martin Joseph, who has been making ardent protest music in the folk and Celtic traditions for over 40 years. I've seen the Bangkok slum Down the road BMW Divided by a railroad track You cross, you don't come back And you don't come back okay, So thank you, if you, didn't, if you wouldn't mind Just maybe a little bit about your road How, um, how mm-hmm. you ended up becoming a musician and, and particularly the type of musician that you are And interested in social <laughs> issues and things Yeah, okay Um Thanks, Jay. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm from Wales in the UK. Wales um, has a big tradition of um, sort of a working class, a uh, lot of miners, uh, the big mining industry. I, I live in a town that uh, was a, had a, an old pit next to it. I didn't grow up in, in that place. I grew up in outside of the valleys in a more middle class area. Um, and born to uh, loving parents. And my, my dad was... Uh, a very successful sportsman played uh, rugby at a high level, and and um, uh, and I always wanted to to be my dad, but I couldn't quite be my dad um, because he was so good. And and uh, to some extent, I followed my mum's little bit more sen- sentimentality, I suppose, a little bit softer kind of person than my dad. But I did get quite good at golf, believe it or not. Um, Dad joined me at the local golf club when I was 10, and I, I became quite proficient. By the time I was 15, I was playing off a scratch handicap. And I, I Jack Nicholas was my hero, American mm-hmm. golfer and, and yeah. um, uh, amazing man. And um, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a tournament golfer. I, and I got to the stage where I was good enough to be um, perhaps a local pro, but I wasn't good enough to be one of those guys out there. And I played at a fairly high level as, as, a, uh, as a boy. So that was probably my main passion through my teens however my dad um my grandfather was quite musical and my dad brought me uh, i asked him to buy me a guitar for my 10th birthday having seen glenn campbell on a program called top of the pops uh, singing a very uh sort of melancholic song called honey come back and um i don't know if it's something in the welsh psyche but we are quite drawn to the, the melancholy and and i uh, i was just drawn to that storytelling the uh, jimmy webb the, the songwriter uh wichita lime and all that sort of stuff so i was listening to the you know the beatles i was listening to you know great british pop bands but at the same time i was drawn to this north american kind of where you you guys uh you know the brits with that stuff off a lip you know come on chaps let's go <laughs> whatever you know but you guys tend to wear your hearts a little bit more on your sleeves sometimes it gets a bit too sickly for me <laughs> some of that country music you know but um, uh, but overall i i like the way you guys uh, are emotional uh and and um i don't know why that is um you know i, I the 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 sociology of that the history i guess you're a much younger nation i don't know but i i'm drawn to that sort of melancholy anyway and and there is part of the we have a word in in wales uh, welsh called the hiriice which is the attachment to the land the longing for the land the hiriice the, it's it's um yeah so all of that stuff so i'm 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 i bought my dad bought me this guitar and um i began to write songs at a very very early age i i I'm, i grew up quite a shy guy as i say not i was i would say one of the uh you know one of the uh 
one of the main guys in the room, as it were. That was the guy in the corner. But the guitar gave me uh, an ability to, um, to 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 rise above the, the ledge there and and make a little bit of a name for myself and play and and learn to do it well. And so um, when the golf thing didn't really work out, my dad, bless him, um, paid for me to do a um, a recording, an album with a, a, a record label up in the north of the country. Um, but I was quite. Um, I was quite involved in kind of church music at that point. I'd started going to a local church and, and was um, kind of getting into a sort of a spiritual path that that I I still own to this day, but in a very, very different way. Um, back then, I was it was sort of an evangelical type church thing, you know, and I abhor all that stuff now, you know, um, but I still would call myself a, a reluctant believer, should we okay. say, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I don't know. I mean, that certainly informs the music and has informed the journey. It informs my sense of social justice, because if I read the words of, of, of Jesus, like love one another as I have loved you and the casting out of the bad guys from the temple, all that sort of stuff, to, to yeah. me, there is a, there is a, 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 there's certainly precedent for that, but it, it often gets ignored by preachers who uh, are, are just trying to deal with some sort of personal um you know, uh, yeah. get saved, all that, all, all that stuff. So my songs, when I first began to write, were very simplistic ones and, and quite, quite sort of upfront about faith and stuff. And I got involved in the sort of what's known as the contemporary Christian music scene for a while. I, I went over to America a little bit, and so, so I made a first record on this sort of uh, church label thing. But I also got the opportunity through the guitar. Um, I'd just become a dad for the first time in my 20s, and I got a, a, an opportunity to go with a relief organization to Thailand um, to uh, go and see some um, uh, slums and some a leper colony, uh, stuff like this. And I, and I sat with these uh, disenfranchised um, and uh, people separate, as it were, people uh, cast away because of their... The 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 um, their lack of income and and everything else and and this was the first time I'd seen what I would call true suffering in my life. I'm about 26 years old, just become a dad. I'm sitting in a in a in a, a shack with a and there's this disabled person. At the time, disabled people were were really ostracized from society in Thailand. They weren't even allowed out. And we, you take your shoes off as a mark of respect to Thai people. And I went inside this this tin hut, and I sat there with this 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 uh, family who had this um, physically handicapped uh, child who was about 12 years old and and they bowed on this sort of thing to you and and I just it just broke me it just simply I gosh how these people are you know living and and I and I I really had a strong sense of that I cannot go back and sing that stuff I'm singing anymore that, that I've, I, I've I've come head to really faced um, you know a different world here but a world that exists um yeah, yeah. and 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 i don't have to i just have i probably ignored it in my own country too etc etc so it was a bit of a, a, an epiphany jr sure, at that sure, one. sure and i wrote a song immediately called contradictions okay um and from that moment forward began to realize that for me questions were far more important than answers and in fact answers were futile in, in, in the bigger picture of things because you might think you know but you don't know nobody knows etc we know that you know yeah so i began to uh to write you know more questioning songs i wrote a song called treasure the questions and i i began to feel the tension between my audience that i had this sort of christian audience and what i was was saying and i kind of realized i thought you know i can't do this i'm either 
either if I I'm either going to go into mainstream music and make a living there, or I'm just gonna I'm I'm going to give it up. I I can't. I, I'm not going to stay here in this place. Um, and I got really fortunate because I I I made an album, uh, a live album, and I began to to put some of these songs about social justice on there and stuff and my thoughts. And uh, it got picked up by a guy who at the time uh, worked for CBS Records, which became Sony Music. Yeah, yeah. And within two years, they uh, they signed me up. I also had built up a very large sort of following at that point because I, I, I played hundreds and hundreds of shows. And that's my bread and butter. I'm good live. And I, I when people have put a band with me, it somehow diminishes it. So I learned to play... Uh, intricate guitar and be able to reach out to an audience and and just make this kind of big connection yeah. um so i had all that sony saw that they don't care what you're singing about as long as they're going to sell numbers right you know and but i got signed and it was an incredibly exciting time um i got some songs in the uk charts in one way it kind of um it was good but at the same time you know there was some of my audience that got that weren't I wasn't able to play with them because they couldn't afford the ticket to go and see me play opening for Art Garfunkel. It was too expensive. So, right. so what I think what Sony should have done was to have, um, sort of kept what we had and just kept on working at the level I was and built up more grassroots. Anyway, I was with them for two albums. I'm very grateful for it. It was a very very exciting time. Uh, but then they dropped me, um, and I did sign with an independent label for a while. But the internet was really coming on board then, about ninety four, ninety five, and I formed my own little record label. And I started putting out my own uh, albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've been doing ever since this day. In fact, today I'm working on my latest record in my studio here to go out on my own label uh, in January of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've toured relentlessly and um, built up a, a reputation for uh, as a live performer. Um, that's something of, of kind of the musical background and, and, and the shift from being a very naive young teenager come early 20s person to someone who suddenly grasped the reality of, of um, the wider world sure, sure. on my uh, initial um, stuff, you know, as I was trying to gather and understand who I was. Um, just, I see, I've always had what I would, without sounding um, full of myself, what I felt an empathetic heart. So this this grew into a sense, well, um, what was it Springsteen says? Um, nobody wins unless everybody wins. It's yeah, no good yeah. me just being okay or you being okay. It's like, what are these people over here? Sure. And that grew and grew. Uh, and mm-hmm. so as I sang about the contradictions, I sang about issues. And I, you know, and, and I, then I became known as a little bit of a, a protest singer and got a, approached by more organizations to write things. In recent years, uh, a parliament asked me to write a song to... Mm-hmm. Um, commemorate the 800th anniversary of the signing of the Magna Carta to, oh, to write yeah. songs. Uh, and nice. I got went to the House of Commons and hold the original um, law in my hand, dating back centuries. I saw I held in my hand the, the law that stopped kids, <laughs> five-year-olds working underground. You know? yes, yeah, yeah. I held in my, and I held in my hand um, what we have and you don't have, free healthcare, uh, a plethora yeah. of, of, of other materials. So, so any album that I, you know, there will be the... The odd song about my kids, or a, a love song to my wife, or something like that. But there will be, um, there will be um, songs of of injustice. And and then when I met Justine, um, my second wife, ten years ago, she she's from uh, the states, or well, originally born in Montreal, but had been living. Uh, I met her uh, um, in Boston. 
And uh, we fell in love, and within six months, she moved her life over here. But she's a very highly intelligent person. So, you know, she's not just going to come over and, hey, follow me around and sell CDs for crying out loud. So we, we, we thought, well, what are we going to do? How, you know? So just after we met, I, I had a trip to the West Bank in Palestine to play a festival over there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And saw the reality of life behind a wall uh, uh, and the, um, the difficulty of even raising that issue without someone's yelling at you saying you're being anti-semitic uh etc right, you know right. how, how difficult it is to criticize um the israeli military for instance without people saying you know you, you i'm sure you're well aware of, of these yeah. things so so yeah. but uh whilst i was there i um i discovered this little children's theater this gentleman who was giving people in the refugee camp some hope by providing them with guitars and cameras so that they could photograph and paint and express themselves in a uh, a positive way in such a, a negative place. And I got on the phone just now and said, you know, I've sung about this stuff for years. Why don't we do something practical? Why don't we form a, a charity? Why don't we come up with something that, you know? And so that was our first project. And it's, we're, we're quite a unique charity. You can check it out. It's called the Let Yourself Trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we change project every six months, they are. So some people come to us and we say, that's great. I give them publicity from the stages. We work them for six months, and then we give them a, um, a sum of money, and we work onto something else. So we've built up what I call a portfolio of hope. We've now we're onto sixteen projects. We've gone for eight years. We've given away over, I think it's three quarter of a million dollars now. Um, haven't had a yeah. grant off anyone. It's only come from my audience, and we just mm-hmm. give that money to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we also we will circle back to those uh, different organizations to see if we can help them if they need something. But we, we're always, so people don't get charity fatigue because we're not just about one item. It's not just about, say, Palestine, isn't it? But it's, you know, it, it's about uh, refugees in Greece last month, whatever it might be. And so, so, so that is also runs aside alongside what I do only to sort of reinforce, I suppose, the, um, this thing about me being a, a protest singer or whatever that yeah. is, you know, yeah. uh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh and and um and it, i i mean last uh, just uh, two weeks ago i got back um i took 30 people to the west bank in palestine where it's all been kicking off recently you know and we we just have an amazing time there it's beautiful but we see some very tough things um and we see people who had their homes demolished by the military and and uh um but uh, i take artists there so that they too can perhaps let that inform what they do um poets songwriters whatever mm-hmm. um so we do those sort of volunteer trips too, but but that's another kind of thing that goes alongside it. Um, yeah. But you know, sometimes um, people do say, so um, you know, why why are you so issues driven in in your music? And I I don't really have an answer. I just think um, I <laughs> maybe if I you know just write love you baby want you baby songs, I I I. Be more successful. I, 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 what is success anyway? But, but, sure. um, but I, I, I you know, I, I get, you know, I've got a notebook full of ideas for, for, for songs and stuff, but that's my, it's my, the guitar is my cheap therapist. There are eight mm-hmm. of them behind me here, you know, and, and that's, that's how I deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I don't go absolutely nuts with sorrow is because I articulate it through music. Okay. And then the beautiful thing is like any piece of art. It can make you feel like you're not alone in the world. You can stare at a, a Rembrandt or a um, you know little kids painting, or read a beautiful Dylan Thomas poem, whatever it might be. And for a moment, we are lifted to a place where something whispers, you know, it's worth it. Whatever it might be, and and I feel that 
that's the job of art at its its highest level is to is to provide that for us. Uh, mm. I'm sure many people would would disagree, but but um, so I feel I'm about something. It's such a privilege that this is my life's journey, um, and there are days when I wish I'd been more successful, so I didn't have to do so quite so many gigs or whatever. Might be. But I, I quickly say, look, shut up. You're doing a lot of people would love to be in your position, but at the same time, you know. I just couldn't imagine a life where I went on stage and sang love songs. Or sure, they sure. just the would time, bore yeah. the pants off me, you know. And, right, and right. Uh, so, so to have, you know, nothing is off limits as such. Um, I, you know, so when I gather people together, my one of my main um, objectives is is to create community, which we do through our music and everything that we run and and, and um, try to be our attitude to promoters, our attitude to those people who put on the shows, our attitude to the people who come to make sure that we are being nice and, and just good people for them to deal with. Because you hear horror stories too about how promoters are, are, are dealt with by the artists or how demanding people can be, all that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah, sure. and yeah so we try to create community, try to, to um, create a place where people and I, and I do I've had people I you know I, I keep letters and emails people sent me through the years that are just beautiful um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. sort of confirmation I suppose of what I try to try to do um, okay. that's that's just I, I'm not trying to make myself out to be some sort of saint because I'm not I'm a no, man sure, full, sure. full of full of faults and and uh, and trying to grow um, every day that I can but at the same time um, I just think it's it's really important that that some artists try to make uh, uh, people aware of, of, of what's going on. And, uh, and I suppose, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's really what I try to do. And as much as I might try to be someone else, I can't be. That's, 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 right, that's, right. that's what, uh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's like you had my, uh, my notes cause you answered like three questions that I haven't even asked you yet. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, you're just kind of going right through it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you something about community, and I will ask you about art uh, in just a minute. But what about this quote? I like this. I like to ask this question to people that uh, that write and are any, most kind of arts. But George Gerbner, he was a, he's a late communication scholar. He once said that the telling of stories has always been the principal shaper of human behavior. Mm -hmm. Cave walls, the Bible, whatever. So, mm -hmm. do you agree? Yeah. And if you do agree, what stories does your art tell? How does it shape behavior? Yeah, it's it's a uh, that's a great quote. I mean, it is. I don't, it I don't is. know if it's true, but I, I like the well, idea. Well, I think of it. it is. It's it's all we have. Yeah, is our stories. I mean, you told me a little bit of your story there at the beginning. That's that's what we have. We 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 walk, and each day we we have experiences that become our stories, mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever they are. Whether we've had a, a shit day, or whether we've you know uh, whether we've lost someone, or whether we've had some small victory, we 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 sit around over beverages and, and food and say, well, this happened to me or, you know, uh, yeah. or I saw this, what about you, et cetera. So yeah, that, that's, that's all we, all we really have. Um, and it's important therefore that those people whose stories are untold um, and, you know, I'm, I can think of my dear friends in Palestine again, because I, I've seen these people suffer so much and it's one thing to suffer something, but if you get to tell your story, then at least you feel the empathy of a brother or a sister or someone who says that's you know and, and you know. But to to suffer injustice and have such a cover, a blanket put over that, so no one sees it, mm -hmm. and you you're labelled as 
as a terrorist, etc., mm-hmm. uh, etc. Et to have your your truth be twisted and become a, and lie upon yourself again, that must be the worst claustrophobic um, horror story. You know that if 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 uh, something horrible has happened to me. But people confirm a story that's not true about that. That makes me look like the the perpetrator of that. Sure. That's yeah. awful, you know. Yeah. The frustration of that. So, yeah, invisible. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. That's a good another way to put it. So, I I feel honoured really. With with um, some responsibility comes with if you're going to put this stuff out there um, to to make sure you're walking a certain path. But um, but the gentleman is is correct. All we have are our stories. Uh, and so, therefore, we we need to have those stories heard uh, somehow. And I think that is probably the job of the artist is to for, is to represent uh, everybody's story somehow. Yeah. Here come the young with open minds and hearts. Inclusive from the start, here come the young, here come the young. Oh, that's a great, that's a great segue because the next thing I was going to talk to you, you, you mentioned this a little bit a minute ago, but like your political songs or whatever you want to call them, the um, protest songs, you can call them a number of different things. Um, is it a, a simply a cathartic effort that you just got to get that shit out? Or is it also... Um, a conscious effort to make change or something. And why I say that is because I started interviewing uh, artists on this theme because I heard a Joni Mitchell quote, year unknown, but she said, when the world becomes a massive mess with nobody at the helm, it's time for artists to make their mark. And this, Mm. I read it during COVID. I don't know when she said it, but that's when I read it. I'm like, all right, the world's kind of been a a fucking mess. Um, Donald Trump's running America. COVID's going on. You know, the world's a mess. Nobody at the helm. Nina Simone once said an artist's duty is to reflect the times and there's a difference between reflect and create. But so uh, I'm wondering then the role of art, can it do that? Should it do that? Is it used to, for reflection? Is it used to, to make these changes or for you, is it just to kind of, you got to get that stuff off your chest? Mm. I suppose there is a little bit of a, a selfish thing in it. And there were um, a, a, in, 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 in the seed of it all, because you know, I'm angry about something, and and so I'm I'm dealing with my own reaction to the something rather than um, thinking how can I help these people. You know, I'm you know, so it's, it's self-serving for for a moment. Mm-hmm. But I'd like I'd like to think that that is just a moment, you know, and that ultimately my anger at something will ultimately, you know, do some make some progress make you know be of use to those 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 people that are having this whatever it is is done to them i i think music or okay art can can accompany change it can't create the change itself um so so i can write a piece of music that can encourage people to say let's do this let's actually that uh, that song moved me so much last night. I will um, uh, try to to get uh, my local politician to do something about this because I heard um, him say that this is happening. Well, that's not good. So I'm going to write to my MP or my congressman uh, or, or whatever. Um, 
I think, you know, music can accompany civil, I mean, look at Martin Luther King, you know, the, the you know, the great gospel music that, you know, that, that, um, uh, that, that, that uh, also accompanied the 60s, you know, when sure. black people were, were struggling so much. Um, but it can't, it can't make the changes. Music is just a bunch of notes, you know. It's just okay. So uh, very little. It, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but but what it can do is it can stir an emotion in me and in you that that goes beyond us just waking up in the morning and saying, oh, "I think I'll try and do some good today." Who can I help? You know, mm-hmm. it, it actually will actually make us think. Oh my God, yes. Well, that yeah. counts. Uh, that yeah. counts. And it, it, of course, it, it's a big, it's a it's a huge different step. And I and I. Yeah, I would say art. You know, mm-hmm. a poem can do poem doing that. Um, sure, you know, yeah, sure. Like I say, a painting, a picture. I believe that art accompanies change, but it can't make the change okay. itself. Yeah, that that that's how I would see it. Yeah, yeah. I always uh, when I've asked people that, I've heard similar things, and I always seem to have more confidence than the artist does. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's because I'm not an artist. Uh, <laughs> Ry, Ry Cooter, you know Ry Cooter. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, in an email, he told me. Uh, no, I don't think it can make change. He said, I think it could have in the past. He talked about maybe some of like the uh, the Woody Guthrie days or the mm. stuff. He said, but now it, with the internet and everything, he's like, it was kind of d- discouraging, you know? I'm like, damn, man. Yeah. You know, it's still working on it, but well, I hate to see, yeah. see the people think it's it's not it's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, I think he's, there's some truth in what he says because those days have gone, you know, the, in terms of, you know, I mean, there are still people out there and i see it in the folk festivals and the stuff but um but some of that language hasn't changed either and so it can be quite off-putting to people you know and you have to i think we have to reinvent some of that stuff uh in terms of it making the change Uh, um and that's probably blasphemous to, to some of my folk friends but we need to think outside of the box sometimes and and uh be a bit more progressive perhaps in 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 our storytelling to to rather than uh yeah okay. Um, okay. I, I i don't know i don't know all right million dollar question now that you're all warmed up mm. so if you could choose one thing to make progressive change along the lines of what we've been discussing what would that number one thing be like what would you do with your magic bullet you had one one step you could take oh my goodness i could fire all sorts of bullets at that i really could like, get rid of the government in the uk right now but that's not <laughs> um uh, well i mean you could you could look at the third world and just say clean water you could you could um uh that's yeah yeah that there is so much you know you could say my heart is so burdened for my dear friends in the West Bank in Palestine and the injustice that I, I you know, and what's going on and the loss of life. And wow. we met, we met a family of, of, of um, a woman who's got seven kids. The husband's got cancer and they have a demolishment order on the house. The Israeli, the, the Palestinians are not allowed to um, build anything. They're supposed to live in tents from 1948. So they build, and I say a house, GR, it's like just four breeze block walls, and they live within it, seven people. But the military come up and they say, demolishment order, slap. But they don't tell you when. It might be in two years, it might be in two weeks. And when the time comes, you get one hour. Uh, they phone you, and they come up the, the, the hill with a British bulldozer, JCB, and you have to have everything out. And then they demolish that house in front of the kids. Wow. 
So if I could do one thing right now, I would bring peace to that area for, for, for the sake of Israeli people, for the sake of Palestinian people, because you do not, no one, even when you do that to people, it hurts you. You don't realize that, it, you know, that, that sort of thing, you know. And I've stood in Auschwitz. I've wept in, in the concentration camps. But they, the Israeli 16 um, kids, when they're 16, they all go to those camps. And they're told that by the, 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 their guides that if we allow the Palestinians, they will do the same to us. And then a year later, they all have to go into the army for three years. And um, there's a wall there. It's not about... It, it's not about um, security it's just simply land grabbing because there's massive yeah. holes in the wall and so the and and we visited a winery when we were over there 75 years old beautiful wine and that they're about to extend the fence uh an extra 100 yards which means the the winery will be inside their territory and will they'll be it'll be taken from them just like that and they wonder why people get angry so yeah, yeah, right that, that, so it's not a great answer, really, um, what I would do, because, you know, that's just one small thing. But I think if you could, if someone could bring peace to that area, if someone could somehow dismantle all that history and all that hurt that, that the Jewish people feel, um, that they somehow, government can feel justified, therefore, in literally creating apartheid um, there, yeah. um, then if... If the world could see that change, then I think anything could change. Because sure. I have, so, haven't seen the situation on the ground so many times, uh, I don't have any hope for the place. I really don't. It's an absolute, it's just, it's just, it's yeah. too far gone. And yet yeah. these Palestinian people turn up every day and they say, have some food. Don't yeah. do this to us. Please don't do this to us. You know? wow. So that's that's what i would i think that could be a catalyst for for sure. a, a world that might yeah whatever, but then, the, whatever the strategy is if it worked there it would work anywhere it's kind of well, like yeah, if you we, know because that's yeah, if, you, that if you can solve that complex situation yeah, yeah. You, you should come with us on our, on our trip one day so oh that'd it, be it, fantastic yeah yeah we, we had about six, we had about six americans come with us and it, it, yeah it, it was yeah. other than 30 um but if, if if that could be done, then I could believe I would believe anything could be done. But you know, you know, they did it in South Africa. But the difference with South Africa is that all the world saw it and said yeah. nope. Right. But but it's complete opposite this way because you know the British government just passed a thing saying that you can boycott any country in the world for their behaviour except there's one exception and it's Israel. Israel, right? Yeah, which uh, I think Amnesty International officially has declared them an apartheid state. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. But in the U.S., you can't, you can't, you can't get by talking about that. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. You should see the flack I get when I go yeah, on about sure, it. From, sure. I, and I only sing one song and say something. I, people will walk out. People come up to me. They be in my face. Though. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. So, so. Um, okay, we're almost done. Yeah. I mean, I've taken a lot of your time. I just have one That's or two. Right. And then the last thing. So you're going to be a father again. Um, mm. I was going to. This was more just an observation um, that you may or may not comment on. But the songs you write about you know, the father son relationship. Like uh, when I was preparing for this, listening to your music, I think I probably listened to felt so much um, oh, more than oh, anything oh. else, really. Like oh, I just, wow. that song just on repeat for a while, but you yeah. know, Cardiff Bay, like you've done these songs about the father son things. And yeah. so uh, are those kind of like journals, you know, to the kids or to your parents yeah. or their spirits or, you know, well, that I felt so much was, was about dad. Um, and um yeah, there's a what's this lyric I just made? So I've just written a, 
a new song called I'm Folding. And okay. um, I'll just read you the first chorus. And it says, Please. I'm folding like a kite that's lost the wind. I'm holding to the remnant of these sins. To a vast goodbye and a small hello, I am folding now, folding slow. Wow. So the vast goodbye is my dad. The small hello is the incoming boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's he's going to be having a little boy. Right. Um, three beautiful grown-up kids who um, are are amazing, and I have a, a great relationship with their mother too. So you know, things are. I'm a I'm a people pleaser, Jerry. I, I can't stand it if not everybody's happy. You know, are you, are, you know, you know. Yeah. And if there's not, then I'm I, I have a troubled heart. You know, so um, so I um. Yeah, they, they are. Uh, they are journals. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. They're signposts, um, mm -hmm. po Sorry. pointing on signposts that, in a way, point on beyond themselves. Because that's when other people um, get something out of them that I never saw. I never. That's the job that you know. The, I, it, in fact, using the kid analogy a little bit further, songs are like your kids. You know, because they. You you do your best. You shape them here in the studio, or and then you 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 bring them up by recording them, and then you go on the road and you sing them to people. Once you've done that, they're out there. They're and, on and their they, own. Yeah, they're on their own, and they will have the, the 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 audience, the listener will have their own relationship with those songs. And often people come back and say, "Thanks for that song," um, because it did this, and it's it's about that, and, and it has nothing to do with what my original, <laughs> you know. That's, but I, you know, and I don't. I don't, I just say, oh, that's great. Thank you, you know, you know. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. I've never heard that analogy, but that's, that's really apt. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't written a song, but it, I could see a, a novelist saying the same thing or something like that. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or a, a, a thesis or, or whatever it might be, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and if you're really lucky with songs, they'll, they'll, those kids will come back and pay the bills when you're old. <laughs> you yeah, know? right, right. Yeah, somebody's got to take care of us, right? <laughs> they, 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 the, the song will do that, but but yeah, they they're they're my letters, really. They're they're just um, my, the the, um, the 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 cheap psychiatrist, all that sort of stuff, and mm -hmm. and um, and I I feel more um, vibrant in terms of stuff going through me now than I ever have. I you know I'm certainly. I've never had, you know, writer's block. I don't yeah. understand writer's block, and I sympathize with it. But to me, yeah. you know, when a songwriter, like, you know, young young people say, well, I don't know what to say, you know. And and, and I say, just just look at the world and, you know, it, you know. But, yeah, yeah. you know, and I do songwriting talks and workshops, and I always say, you know, so what's the most important thing in the world to you right now? And they'll say, I said, that's where you're, that's where your next song is. Not try to make up something or a relationship uh, that doesn't okay. exist. What 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 are you most passionate about, right? And what's going on in your life? You know, oh well, I'm really trying to get um, uh, into this university, and I don't know if I'm good enough. I said, well, get to the heart of that, and there's the song, right? There's you know, song. what do you, yeah. yeah, that that type of vulnerability, you know, and so um, yeah, that's a cool thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 63, and I've never felt like I've got more to say than than ever before. So it's for me, it, it's getting bigger. It's not yeah. it's not it's not sort of narrowing down to uh, I I go on stage and play my greatest hits that right. I couldn't stand. You know, it's right. like what's next? You know, and uh, um, um, Noam Chomsky. You know, Noam Chomsky, the linguist. Yeah. The, I yeah. interviewed him about a year ago. Did you? Wow. Yeah, he uh, he's like ninety five and still. <laughs> active as shit and he said uh he calls it the bicycle theory if you pedal fast enough you won't fall off 
<laughs> and so he said, if he stops, he's just going to yeah. like, you know, like, you yeah. just got it. So he's not slowed down at all. Really. Yeah. I mean, physical yeah. limitations as they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's like, no, I got to keep going. Cause once I That's slow right. down, yeah, absolutely and it's even if i've just even if my fingers are sore and i've just done 35 shows you know uh i'll come back uh and i might take one day off and the next day you know I'll I pick up one day. yeah i can't yeah, it's just <laughs> it's 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 a way of life it's a you know so um so it's you do what you can do we all do and um uh so it's but it but it is amazing you know when you you know like this work you're doing now you just don't know what it who it'll affect how it can you know and and that's you know so it, it is incredible that that these are we're all these seeds and we put this stuff out there and we right. we hope that uh it will be of use and um pray god that it is yeah yeah all right thank you martin my pleasure take care okay. thank you yeah. bye 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 Backseat of that Renault, eyes wide open to the sky. You've been listening to a discussion with Martin Joseph, and I hope you enjoyed our chat. If so, please like, rate, and share the podcast in all the usual places. I thank Martin for his time. He tours relentlessly and records when he's not touring, so I appreciate him carving out a few minutes in his busy schedule. Thanks also to Nikki Woodhead with Pipe Records for greasing the wheels for me. I find Martin to be really inspirational, both through the content of his music and the work of his charity, Let Yourself Trust, so I feel honored to be able to hear his thoughts on the world around us and our place within it. Let me encourage you to become a site member, which just entails creating a username and a password, which would allow you to comment directly on the page after each post. Or if you prefer, you can always email me any questions or comments to jr at oursociallandscape.com. Finally, I'll remind you that Our Social Landscape is a listener-supported blog and podcast, so consider making a one-time donation or recurring monthly donation by clicking on the yellow Donate button on the homepage. Thanks for listening. This big wide universe Felt like a heart could Much more than I deserve now Draw closer, my love. I felt so much. Stood amidst the grace of the gentle good in a far off land. It's true, we see the view in our soul from where we get to see. To the future and the earth. If your ego gets an upgrade to wisdom, then faith is real. Carried sadness and shame, but the healing gain of love, she changes everything. I felt.
Love's big white universe Felt like a heart could burn It's much more than I deserve Now draw closer, my love Felt so I stand at open doors, rain coming down, and count them one by one. I've seen the sky tonight, I've felt the promise and the light of shadow drawn. Whatever morning brings, hope and faith in these things keeps us alive. I've felt In the back seat of that Renault, eyes wide open to the sky. Watching telegraph poles keep wires apart as it looks like they'll come. It's 1965, and my father's at the wheel. 